0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best. This is Kataira Poland. I am the creator and hostess of the podcast. Our podcast focuses on different writing and editing topics, and we also interview international and national, national authors. We do have a special guest today. He is the ninth of 14 children. After the death of his uncle when he was 10, he used writing to vent and has been doing so ever since, but he did take a brief sabbatical in college to study music technology, but after graduation, he jumped right back into writing. While in college, he became interested in Black history, politics, and social activism, and began to pay more attention to those things. He now infuses his interest of Black history, politics, and social activism with his love for sci-fi and fantasy. His focus in writing is called urban sci-fi, which puts a new age and urban spin on classic sci-fi tales. Along with writing, he actively organizes and participates in marches, rallies, and meetings to move the culture and his country forward. Thank you so much for joining us today, Modest.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's, okay, it's a pleasure great. to be here.
0: Thank you, thank you. So um we can jump right in. Why don't you give us a little bit more background about what motivated you to write uh
1: so what motivated me to write was um said the death of my like you read the the death of my uncle Um, He was just a huge part of my life growing up so uh, I'm the ninth of fourteen kids. I have ten sisters and I have three brothers um when I was growing up, it was, it's kind of hard being, you know, that middle child. So I had the quote unquote middle child syndrome. So oh, you kind of yeah. get lost in the sauce there. Mm-hmm. But my uncle um, always took a liking to me because I, I liked uh, superheroes. So he's a super, he's super into comic books, superheroes, science fiction, fantasy, uh, stuff like that. So he took me to see the first movie, my first movie ever was Star Wars Episode One, And ever since then, I was just like in love with the culture in love with the genre and in love with everything about it. So uh, when he died, I, it really, it shook me a bit. So um, not being able to really vent to my other siblings or to my mother, the same as, uh, as I typically would want to with being so many kids and, you know, me being kind of a lone wolf in the family, I just kind of took the writing to, to release all my frustrations, all my anger about it, um, all my hurt, just kind of just went with the pen.
0: Awesome. Um I'm glad that you used writing as an outlet um in that, you know, it offered you some some um, you know, comfort. So I'm glad to hear that. So, about urban sci-fi. That's actually not a genre I've heard of before. Is it fairly new or can you give us more info about the urban sci-fi genre for our our audience?
1: Yeah. So, um so science fiction and fantasy typically does not have black characters. So, um me being black, like loving the genre, it's just like, why does nobody look like me? You kind of got kind of to ask yourself that question. Um, so, urban sci fi kind of gives you the chance to input, you know, black culture and uh, hip hop culture or urban culture into uh, the sci fi and fantasy genre. So, that's really what it is. I, I have uh, read a couple other people that are like into it. It's not a huge genre, it's a new genre. Um, but there are a couple of people that are into it just because you know you're, you get tired of not being able to see yourself as the the main character and this really gives you opportunity to if you're a writer to uh, bring yourself and to people that are like you to be main characters in stories that you really love
0: awesome i'm glad that you are taking on the the responsibility of including us in sci-fi um, and I'm glad that you're you know taking the initiative to do that and I'm sure there are listeners in our audience who would appreciate that as well so thank you for uh, leading that up and I'm glad we're um, moving forward with having more representative stories out there in the world for our people mm-hmm. so you I know that you already published two books so can you tell us about um, the books that you've published and um, what that experience was like for you?
1: All right. So uh, the first book I published was in, back in 2016. It was called Uncivil Unity. It's a sci-fi tale of uh, America if there's no civil rights movement. It's actually told through the eyes of an ex-felon, a, a former drug dealer um, that, gets, that travels to another dimension and kind of helps begin a civil rights movement in that dimension as America, they have one there. Um, big struggle in that book but uh, I'll tell you about that right after I tell you about my other one so my other book um published in 2019 it's called Immemorial Lives um it's another uh it's a more of a sci-fi fantasy tale about reincarnation and it's kind of my explanation on uh my theory of God but it's told through the story of reincarnation um that when I get to touch on latchkey latchkey kids um as well as growing up with single parents so like I said, still trying to keep that urban feel to it, that urban story, those urban ties to it, but, um, switched it up a bit. And each one provided a, a different experience. Um, the first one was definitely more difficult. Definitely had to learn a lot in order to get that book put out. Um, the second one was a little bit easier, um, but it took me a took me a while longer to write it. So, um, each one was a different experience for me, but each one helped me grow as a writer and as a person. So, uh, wouldn't change anything about them. I love both of them. Awesome.
0: So, what were the lessons that you learned in publishing your first book?
1: All right. So, um, my biggest takeaway was that like, I'm a good writer. I'm not a good editor. Okay. So, I really had to to lock that in my head. Like, a mm-hmm. you know, you're you're good at one thing, but you're not good at everything. So, you right. have to reach out to people to help you out with this. Just um, the whole process of writing all those words out and then having to sit down and reread them and mm-hmm. go through it along with a fine tooth comb. A lot of times we're just too close to the project or there's just things we overlook. You your eyes kinda get tired and you're just like, all right, this looks good. And you have six S's at the end of a word and don't even realize it. So <laughs> that right. that's a big thing for me. Um mm-hmm. other thing is like just learning the writing process overall was just um different. Just something I had never, you know, you learn to write papers in school. Um, you may write like short stories, but learning to write a full length novella or a novel is really a different process than the whole. And I really had to sit down and hone my craft and hone, um, learning that process and those skills.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that, um, you were able to recognize, you know, that you needed an editor outside of yourself. Um, as an editor myself, I'm always glad to hear authors and writers recognize the importance of having an editor. And like you said, um you're really close to the material, so you might overlook a lot of um either issues, wordiness, misspelling, punctuation, things like that. So I'm glad that you are able to recognize that and work with an editor. Um I know it's not it's not typically the Um, cheapest part of the publishing, but it's definitely very important to have someone uh, polish your work. So I'm glad that you did do that. So were your books self-published or did you go the traditional route?
1: Uh, I self-published the first two. Um, I'm looking to go the traditional route with my series. So my next book, I'm looking to go with a more traditional approach to uh, publishing.
0: Okay. So what were some of the pros and cons of self-publishing for you?
1: Um. the biggest uh, thing, pro, is also the biggest con for me, and that's the the control, the amount of control I have over the, the story, over everything. So if you're self-publishing, you, you have control over <clears throat> who's editing, um, who's the beta readers, you have control over uh, how the story progresses, you have control over the cover, um, you have control over marketing, so you control everything. You don't have to split profits with anybody, it's all yours. Um, you say when your release date is you, you retain right for forever. It's all you, but in that same token, um, on the flip side, it's all you. So when it comes to marketing, you have to figure out your marketing strategies. When it comes to editing, you have to figure out if, if you can uh, get an editor, uh, when it comes to the book cover, you have to design it If you can't do these things yourself. Then you have to reach out to people. You have to find the people that can do it for you. And a lot of times you may not have those necessary connections um, I was not as fortunate with my first book to have necessary connections on um, uh, certain things like uh, finding an editor. Um, but I, I grew in that capacity where I did learn to find an editor. And the big, another thing is like the money aspect, paying for all that. Like you said, editing is not the cheapest thing mm-hmm. um, when it comes to a writing process. So when you have to pay for your editor, um, you have to pay for your book design. You have to pay for your marketing. If you're doing a release party, you have to pay for that. If you're going to do a tour, tour you have to excuse me, a tour you have to pay for your transportation and your hotel rooms and all other additional fees. You have to pay for your printing costs. Um, so you're you're kicking out a lot of money and you're hoping that you can get some of it back, but that may ne- not necessarily be the case if you don't have that uh, a lot of people behind you pushing you or helping you out with it. So self-publishing is definitely um, good in the aspect of control, but it's also bad in the aspect of control.
0: All right. I'm glad to hear you um, explain the pro and con, one pro and con of creative control. Because usually when I speak to authors who self-publish, it's always like, you know, fairies and rose-colored, rose-colored glasses. Like there's no cons to self-publishing. And I myself have actually got tied up in that as well. So um, thank you for sharing the other side of that because it is a lot of responsibility. It takes a lot of time, a lot of resources, and a lot of money. So I'm glad that authors have the option to self-publish um but also recognize, you know, that it's not for everyone. So what are you looking forward to um, with your next book saying that you're actually going the traditional route?
1: Um so the biggest thing for me is n- is not having to do all of that.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> so, uh, I'm an author, I'm a writer, I, I want to write. So um, for me, the biggest thing is being able to just write and focus on writing and not uh, worry about, you know, having to do the marketing or having to do the book cover or find people to do that, to do all that stuff for me. I'll have that machine behind me that can you know, help out with that.
0: Awesome. So what would you recommend to writers and authors who are looking for publishers? How did you find a publisher? Um, so how- I'm still working. I'm still oh, okay.
1: picking mine to, uh, so I'm trying to first step. So um publishers like authors with agents so the first thing is to find an agent
0: okay
1: and finding an agent is so subjective Mm -hmm. um it could be something so small as i'm just not interested in this topic or something um like your query letter is off so right now i'm I'm pending for like six different agents just trying to figure out who's the best person for me okay um, make sure that's the person i sign with but a lot of bigger companies won't even talk to you unless you have somebody an agent talking for you or you have uh you've come highly recommended so i'm just working on getting an agent making sure i you know still write the best material i can write because at the end of the day that's what it's going to boil down to is can this company make money from your product Um, the more they can they feel they can make from you the more they're willing to dish out for you and push you so Uh, Just keep writing the best product would probably be my my biggest advice. And um, don't be afraid. I think a lot of times fear holds us back from being able to just uh, take that leap of faith and jump out there and say, hey, this is good. Um, This is good. So let me make sure that I, I go ahead and push this out. Where people are like, no, this isn't a good enough story. And it's like. It may as as authors, we sometimes like we doubt ourselves or as artists, you sometimes doubt yourself. But if you just take that leap of faith and just put it out there. There's probably gonna be some people that like it.
0: Mm -hmm. And thanks for sharing that tip about literary agents with our audience. So how. Okay, so how did you go about doing that. Did you just like do a Google search and then send a query letter or how did that, you know, how did that come about
1: so Um, I actually bought a book of literary agents and their genres they're um, covering. I did also do a Google search. I'd probably say I spent like a week's time just making lists of agents, how to contact them. Mm -hmm. Some want uh, query letters, some want just regular emails, some want just know about you, some want just know about your project. Some actually, uh, they want a query letter with samples, some don't want the samples and they'll reject it if you send it. So it's really like taking the time, making a list, figuring out what everybody wants, and then just sending it out there. And I, I've tried to do like a bunch of one day and I'm just like, all right, this is tiring. So just do what you can in a, time, in a, a day and get that information out. But each agent is gonna be a little different. Each one's gonna be a little uh, subjected to a little bit different things. So it, it, it takes its time. Um, a lot of them take you know, months on end to review but um overall i I feel like once it happens it'll be worth it Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so for our listeners the audience there some really great tips on looking for a a literary agent so hopefully you can um try those out and those work well for you so for you modest um does writing typically energize or exhaust you
1: um so writing energizes me like i'll stay up all night writing. I've literally stayed up to like three, four in the morning, um, started working on something like 12 in the afternoon and just wrote and, and be perfectly fine as long as I'm writing. What exhausts me is having to do everything else, <laughs> which is why I want to go the more traditional route because everything else is, is so tedious and so tiring to me mentally. And I, I found this with a lot of people that do art. Um, I he, actually here where I'm from, I host a a networking event called the Eastern Shore. I live on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, so I host the Eastern Shore Artist Mixer every year, uh, where I get people of all mediums to come together, just um, to share some drinks, share some laughs, tell stories about their art, introduce their art to each other, so they can possibly collab in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've noticed that a lot of artists they love the creation process, they hate everything else with it. But mm-hmm. controversially, if you're going to be self-publishing or uh, just in general you have to know all the other aspects so you do have to know the marketing and the business analytics and stuff like that but they can be so draining for people that are just want to create
0: awesome, awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing about your networking um group so those are you on the um i think you said the is it the eastern coast of maryland
1: yeah, the eastern shore so sure eastern, so
0: those of you in the area uh once you know COVID is over. Um, you guys can go out and support Modest at his, his networking show. So that, thanks for sharing that. So what are some of the things that you consider your writing kryptonite or things or writing things that you struggle with?
1: Um, my writing kryptonite is, is really the length of a book, how long it should be. So like one of the things with being a writer and of any specific genre is to know that particular genre. Um, and each genre has like, a, pretty much a standard length of the book. It should be. you know, They have that standard range. Um, with sci-fi fantasy books, it tends to be longer than most other genres. So, um, I'm typically I give like I I give speak public speeches. I typically give shorter speeches than most people. Like I'm very sh- short, direct, very direct, very to the mm-hmm. point. So for me, like figuring out how I can make sure I expound upon enough information to get to that necessary length, that, that 60, that 70, that 80, that 100,000 word uh, novel, rather than making it, you know, a 35,000 word or 40,000 word novella. So that's the biggest thing for me. It's been my kryptonite, but uh, I have gotten better at it. I mm-hmm. um, joined the Merlin Writers Association, which is uh, definitely a good writing group that, that helped you, figure out how you can expound upon things, where you can grow at as a writer, so they've helped out a lot, but that's been my biggest struggle, my kryptonite there.
0: Okay, and kind of similar to that, um, do you believe in writer's block and why and why not, or why or why not?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, writer's block is like trash. I hate writer's block, but I do get it and I believe in it, but uh, in that same token, I found uh, ways to combat writer's block. So uh, when I was in college, I studied music. I had a professor that played for Gladys Knight, played for Aretha Franklin, The Temptations, The OJ's. Um, anybody that's familiar with GoGo that listens? Um, he, he played with Chuck Brown, so he's a well-known trumpet player. And he's like, you no, know, he got writer's block, and I was like, uh. Oh you've been writing since the 60s. How do you, you even get writer's block? But mm-hmm. well, he said he um, he was writing a song and he just was like, I don't know where to go with it. So he just put it down, left it alone, came back three years later and it ended up being a platinum selling record. But it's, it's just things like that, stories like that that I've learned and I've applied to myself and it works. Like, so when I get writer's block, I'll, I'll, I'll walk away from it. Not just leave it alone. I may not write the rest of the night. I may not write like the, maybe a week even sometimes I've, I've had that happen where i just like i don't know where to go with this story so i just don't worry about it and then um i go do things that relax my mind so something i don't have to think about so intently and it helps me out you know, i'm a big anime fan i watch anime um i'll go outside and just sit out in the sun soak up some sun and relax i'll watch a sci-fi or a fantasy movie or something and Doing all that helps because I don't have to think about what I'm trying to do. I can just enjoy it. and It seems like enjoyment, just having fun, just gets you over at Writer's Block Hump. And then when I go back to it, I know exactly like where I want to go. I can boom, 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 knock something out without an issue.
0: Awesome. Sound advice for our writers and authors in the audience. So no need to beat yourself up if you you know, run into Writer's Block. Just step away and take a break and come back to it. So no need to get um, all upset about it. There's there's other options for you to overcome that. So are you currently, or actually, what authors and writers inspire you, Modest?
1: Um. So, like I said, I'm huge into anime, um, and I feel like anime actually inspires me more than um, anything else, um, so. Kara Toriyama, definitely a huge um, creator of Dragon Ball Z. Definitely a huge inspiration. Um, I'd say, like movie-wise, uh, George Lucas. You know, I don't mean it sounds stereotypical, but you know, George Lucas, um, J. R. R. Tolkien, George R. 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 Martin, um, J. K. Rowling, uh, Tavia Butler, um, and then I, I also read a lot of poetry. So Langston Hughes. Is a huge inspiration for me. He's my favorite poet growing up. Um, poetry was like the first thing that I ever wrote was a poem. So um, that is another person I really look up to. And then I have like a bunch of uh, African books that I read in order to just familiarize myself with African culture or different cultures around the world mm-hmm. who don't have acknowledged authors. They were just passed down by griots for generations. Mm-hmm. And you know somebody eventually decided to write it down. But it's not their original story. But I read a lot of those. So my favorite book is actually Sanjata, which is the the epic of old Mali, the creation of Mali, the the Malian Empire. Um, anybody's familiar with, not familiar with that is the empire that Mansa Musa eventually ruled over. Mm -hmm. Um, Mansa Musa was the richest man to ever walk the face of the planet. So um, that that story is a big one for me. But me personally, I try not to read one particular person too much because I don't want my writing style to emulate theirs to the point of mimicry where I'm writing a story and it's just mirroring what their story was so I like to switch it up all the time so that I don't sound too much like one person, so I have a wide array of books that you know I'll skim through I'll read through
0: awesome, I think that's a really important point, so it's awesome to have people that inspire you and motivate you that you want to aspire to be like but that you don't lose your voice in the meantime so we want everybody to you know recognize that they have um role models or people that they look up to but making sure that you're telling your own stories and your own voice is in there so thank you for bringing that up um so what are some of the current projects you're working on that you want our audience to know about
1: so my current work in progress is actually uh, another sci-fi tale of course uh, i'm <laughs> it's actually a war between science and magic um it's told through an interplanetary war so it's going to be the first in a three book trilogy um try and get this one out by uh, the spring and then start working on the next one so i want to release them about a year apart uh, or a year and a half apart and just keep getting these stories out but it'll be the first book in a three book trilogy
0: okay and for the Okay, and for the listeners who would like to keep in touch with you or buy your books, where can they go?
1: So, um, best place to go to buy my books is on Amazon.com. Um, just type in modest, or you can type in Uncivil Unity, or uh, type in Immemorial Lives. Same, my first two books. I used to have a website. I just took it down to do some maintenance on it and do some some changes. So I'm revamping that right now. So it's not up. Um, it will be back up when it is. It'll be modest.com. Um, But my biggest platform, biggest social media platform, definitely my IG. So follow me on IG. Like I said, I'm into anime. So my my name on there is the Anime Activist. That's the underscore anime underscore activist. So, the Anime Activist.
0: And if someone was Googling you, how do you spell modest?
1: M-A-A-D-I-S-T.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure learning more about your books, what motivates you, and thank you for sharing advice with our audience. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Editor Knows Best. You can tune in every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, anchor.fm slash editor knows best. If you would like to be a guest, you can email me um, or actually. Just follow me on Instagram at Editor Knows Best. Send me a message there and we can get you on the show. Thanks again, Modest. Thank you everyone for listening and be safe and be well. Have a good one. You too. Thank you.